You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gavin. What's up, legends? All right, so today we're going to be talking about a company that had $10 billion in sales in 1981. By 2012, they had filed bankruptcy. This is the Legend Vest Podcast. This is yours truly, Jameson Gavin. This is where we teach you how to become a legend and how to invest in yourself. So what company am I talking about? You may know this company very well. They've actually been mentioned in a lot of pop culture movies and songs. I'm referring to Eastman Kodak Company. You see, Steven Sasson invented the first digital camera at Eastman Kodak in 1975. It weighed only eight pounds and had only 0.01 megapixels. Incredible. The image was recorded in, into a cassette tape and this process took about 23 seconds. It's so amazing how we see our smartphones and we take photos so quickly right now. But the first camera that Steven Sasson invented for the digital camera world produced a photo and it took 23 seconds. His camera took images in black and white. As he set out on this project of the electronic camera world, what he visioned was for the future to have digital cameras without mechanical moving parts. You see, Steven Sasson was an inventor. He was someone who was tasked to actually create the first digital camera by the Kodak company. Sasson was born in Brooklyn, New York. He's a son of Ragna Child Tamine and John Vincent Sasson. His mother was Norwegian. His invention began in 1975 with a broad assignment from a supervisor at Eastman Kodak Company. Gareth Lloyd, who attempted to build the electronic camera using a charge-coupled device, which we're just going to call a CCD. Sasson's patent claimed an arrangement that allowed the CCD to be read out quickly, basically in real time. It was created to be delivered in a temporary buffer of random access memory. So if you know technology, random access memory is just RAM and then written to store on the lower speed of the storage device. Essentially, all modern digital cameras today still use the same exact technology. And when we look at really what he developed, it's kind of like the, the base layer of what all digital cameras are now and probably moving forward. I mean, this was so revolutionary. On November 17, 2009, the 44th president, uh, the president Barack Obama, awarded Sasson the National Medal of Technology, an innovation at a ceremony in the East Room of the White House. This is the highest honor 
award by the U.S. government to any scientists, inventors, or uh, even engineers. So when we look at all of this, I mean, Sasson, Stephen Sasson really developed what today is the digital camera. And it's really, truly phenomenal of what he did. In the early 1980s, Kodak dominated the world of pictures. So much so that the term Kodak moment is like something that every baby boomer knows, right? The company held 90% of the world's market share in film. That's, that's staggering for one company to hold that much share of any industry is absolutely mind-blowing. So how did it respond to Sasson's digital ingenuity? He told the New York Times in 2008 that management response was, that's cute, but don't tell anyone about it. It's so, so funny when we, when we you know, look back at the reasons why companies end up dying and we look at the stories of what was actually said behind closed doors and we can really see how leadership plays a part in all of these big businesses. And I truly, truly do believe, and I did not make this up myself, but I truly do believe that the success of business rises and falls on leadership. So Kodak, ironically, patented many digital related technologies, but not developed products to leverage them and win the hearts of consumers in a digital world. As consumers switched from film to digital, Kodak found itself behind its competitors. And by 2003, the firm Kodak as we know it was in deep trouble. And that was actually written by Adam Levitin uh, in the business bankruptcy. He wrote a book about Kodak. So when we look at all this, seeing the alternative business models, in this case, digital, wasn't the actual main reason why Kodak ended up dying. When you think of Kodak, you're probably first going to say, yeah, Kodak died because um, they were doing, you know, like the, just a regular film and, you know, they weren't actually uh, adapting or changing. And when we actually look deep, 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 deep into this, Yes, that is a factor into this, but it's actually not the main, I would say the main like two or three things why they're no longer anywhere close to the market share of the of the camera world to what they used to be. The true reason that I think that Kodak failed is the unwillingness to change direction. And when it comes to leadership, you have to always be willing to steer the boat in a different direction. You can never be so, so like gung-ho about always doing something that always was and continuing to do that forever because just because that well is full of water today, you can't always go back to that well. Someday that well may dry up and you as the business owner, as the leader, as the CEO, as on the executive team or the board, you have to make sure that you are always looking for sources of water, sources of income, sources of ways to provide for that business. If you're not and you're always going back to that same well, then one day that well may dry up. And who knows why the well may dry up? It can be many things like in the case of Kodak. Kodak's business strategy followed the razor and blade business model. So basically the razor and blade business model 
is one item is sold at a low price or even given away like for free or for you know for like super super low like a dollar or something like that in order to increase sales of the complimentary good so like a razor and blade model gillette has used this model for many many years where you're actually giving the uh, the the razor itself the piece of plastic you know is is going to be costly and so they'll come out with something like uh like a swivel and it swivels up and down or side to side or it vibrates and it has different colors. But the actual blades are, I mean, they cost next to nothing. It's a piece of metal that's sharpened. And when you think about it, it's a razor and blade model. And so Kodak did pretty much the same thing. Uh, customers would take photos with the Kodak camera and then send the camera to the Kodak factory where the camera's film was developed and photos were printed. So I recall we used to have um, like these, we would use these cameras, we would just call them like throwaway cameras, right? So you kind of like, you know, scroll, scroll, scoop, 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 you pop the photo and then you could send it in or you could go to like the drugstore or whatever and then they would actually, get, you know, give you the physical photos. And it's so incredible how today in this world, like nobody does that. I mean, you talk about like, and we used to have them too, like for, I remember, I recall my family went to Egypt we purchased a few of these puppies um, and we had some underwater ones where you could actually take under the water. You kind of scroll like three times, scoop, 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 the little wheel on the back plastic wheel. You snap the photo, pow, and it always would like make a, a very rewarding click. Um, and you would take the photo and you could like hold down um, a button on the left and it would like charge up the flash and it would go, Ying! it was so cool. Um, the company's core product was the film and printing photos, not the camera. Kodak's Kodachrome was the company's leading sales item. It was discontinued in 2006 after 74 years of production. 74 years of production, folks. So, you know, you're going to ask me, and in these, these, um, these, these business kind of evalu evaluations of me talking about why businesses fail or why they um, are succeeding, I always want to give you kind of what I really think were the reasons why they fail and why you and your business must do things just a little bit different or drastically different in order to stay relevant and to not fall into the same pitfalls that these individuals have fallen in. The first dagger I believe that actually put uh, that was stabbed into Kodak that ended up becoming uh, their death and their demise was film moving to the digital world. So, you know, I, I definitely have had many Kodak, um, you know, like the, the cameras, many, many, many. And I remember, and I can recall getting my first, like Sony, let's call it like Power Shot or whatever, Solo Shot or whatever. But I think it's Power Shot, Solo Shot is something different. Um, or Cyber Shot or something. But, um, and it was my first digital camera. And with this, no longer did I have to wait to go take it back to the drugstore and get get things printed or ship it off. I mean, you literally can plug it into your computer or even look on the back of the screen itself and see the photo that you just took. So the digital world made one time. Time is remember remember is the number one asset that we all have. And when you can lower and decrease someone's time to do something, there's going to be um, a huge following and move and shift into that. Hence the microwave moving away from the oven and then the oven moving away from you having to go to your backyard and, and, and starting a fire. All of these things make time 
And so it allows you to get more time, which inverse it basically brings you more money and is a great business model when you can actually maximize someone's time. You know, going from film to digital allows you now to also send these photos where previously you would have to actually um, get the physical photo and then send it through mail. Now you can actually email the photos. Now these photos are going to be able to go on your computer and go on websites. And there's just so much more accessibility. There's so much more opportunities to share. Um, so the second dagger I think that that killed Kodak was the digital going to smartphones. You know, and so you even look at digital cameras today, right? So. Um, and the, the fact of the matter is Kodak did develop the digital camera. They were the first to develop it. They just did not invest heavily into it because they wanted to continue to um, produce the film. And they, they, they believed that by pushing forward digital, it was going to basically be killing themselves um, and taking away a massive income stream for them, which was film. And so when we look at digital to smartphones, right, most of you who are listening to this podcast do not have a digital camera. Most of you don't. Pretty much everyone uses our smartphone to take photos nowadays. And why do we do that? It's because of time and convenience. It's a lot easier to just send it from your phone. And phone cameras are becoming so, so, so much better. It's truly phenomenal in such a short amount of time where the digital camera, in a lot of uh, aspects, is not even really needed anymore. So this was another dagger that really, really killed Kodak. The final dagger that I believe that, that destroyed Kodak is poor leadership. You see, in leadership and in business, we must always keep our finger and our hand on the pulse of the business. Many times, revenues are growing so quickly. They're growing so fast. You're focused on so many other different things that come up in managing and being a leader in such a large business that there's not even the thought of changing the way that you're doing or, or producing your income. Poor leadership will destroy a business, and it does it in such a terrible and miserable way. I think the worst way a business can fail is actually through poor leadership. Sure, there are things that can happen like um, the product or service is no longer being needed in a market or being phased out because of, of technology and things like that. But when it comes to poor leadership, it is the worst way. I've been a part of organizations where the leaders were very poor and you can hear it from your customers. Your customers are telling you that services or the product is terrible and leadership does nothing about it. What ends up happening is the best people of these organizations, they leave. They go get gobbled up by phenomenal leaders who value them. Then even your products and assets, you end up selling those or you end up leaving with nothing left. Leadership is where it rises and falls. These challenges face almost every sector or type of business today. Looking at the normal business strategy, which worked before, will not always work in today's markets. No one wins a war by always playing defense. In your business, do not become overly protective of your, pro of your previous competitive advantage, where you are not looking at the future and where technology is shifting. 
Look around your leadership team. Do this right now. If everyone looks, talks, and acts the same, your business is doomed for failure. Do that right now. If you're working for a company, go to their website, look at their leadership team. If everybody, I'm telling you, and, and if it's your team, listen to this. Look around your leadership team. If everyone on that leadership team looks similar, I'm talking about everything from look, from if, if is everybody a male, is everybody a female? You need to be diverse. You, is everybody the same skin color? Does everyone have the same haircut? It's so funny. In, in, in one of the, in the businesses that I'm in right now, there are certain industries or there are certain companies, excuse me, not industries, certain companies that I work with that are my clients. And there's one company specific where like everybody on their team like looks identical. And it's, it's just, it's, I mean, literally like the haircut is exactly the same. Like 99.9% .9 of them are one particular uh, sex. 99.9% .9 of them are like within the same 15 to 20 year age, age group. I mean, they all were the same colors even. You know, it's just so, so phenomenal. And that's a problem. That is not a company that I think, me personally, that is going to be a, a company that's going to last for the future. If everyone looks, if everyone talks, they sound the same and acts the same, your business is doomed for failure. Remember that. Encourage diversity and differing opinions. Allow people to challenge the CEO. Allow people to have different ideas, different views, and voice those opinions. Once the CEO makes that decision and makes that move, now everyone needs to get back on board, get on the ship, and we steer the ship in the right direction. There does not need to be uh, talking and, and different, I think he's doing this wrong, this is just terrible, etc. You must believe in your leader. But when decisions are being made, you have to encourage people to, to speak of innovation, to speak of different things that you may not be considering as a leader. Become a big business is the goal. But become a big business that moves like a small business. Always be swift, able to change direction quickly to avoid the traps of being a large boat. We all know large boats. We, you know, you've probably been on a cruise. It takes a while to turn that boat, especially when the boat is sitting still. It takes a very long time to turn that boat completely around if the boat is completely still. You must make sure that when you become a big business, that your boat, number one, never sits still. And what I mean by sitting still, being still is complacency. Being still is just taking in the money and not not looking for innovation, not getting ahead. You know, what's so amazing when I look at at, uh, at Kodak, what uh, me as a, as a CEO or a leader of this, of this organization, I would have always been looking for other ways to begin to diversify to make sure that we always stay relevant. And what I think would have been a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal acquisition for Kodak would actually have been Instagram. I think that they should have acquired Instagram well before Facebook even thought about acquiring Instagram. I think that even if Kodak had positioned themselves well, they would have known that they needed to get into this space and they may have even acquired Facebook if they were so as innovative that they needed to be. So I encourage you in your business 
to make sure you're looking for the future. Make sure that you're never complacent. And especially as you gain capital and you need things to to stay relevant, begin to diversify with that capital and acquire businesses that are doing the innovation so you stay relevant. Hope you enjoyed the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you like and subscribe and please share the content. The DMs are popping. It's going down in the DMs. And thank you once again for listening.